0: America's most trusted source for
1: news. KMOX.
0: At 503, we've got some rain. It's 42 degrees downtown at the Arch. Today is Wednesday, January 18th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story, new documents released in St. Louis federal court ahead of next week's sentencing of Tony Weaver, the former St. Louis County jail official who admitted orchestrating a COVID relief scam. KMOX's Kevin Colleen reports. The documents revealed Tony Weaver, a longtime aide to County Councilwoman Rochelle Walton Gray, caught on tape urging a businessman who was working undercover with the feds to file false applications for COVID relief money and split it with him. All we have to do, Weaver is recorded saying, is apply for them because my people are inside. Work their magic and do what they need to do. In another secret recording, Weaver was heard saying, I hope this place isn't bugged. That's how Stanger got caught. The 63-year-old Weaver pleaded guilty in October to four felony counts. He could get up to 20 years in prison and fines of up to $250,000. Missouri's Republican governor doesn't play to his base as he delivered his annual State of the State Address. Let's go live to the newsroom for details from KMOX's Sean Michael Lyle.
1: Governor Mike Parson stayed away from hot-button conservative topics in his State of the State Address this afternoon. Instead, he highlighted spending proposals that most Democrats would likely welcome. We are here to announce our plan to invest $56 million to begin expanding pre-garden, pre-kindergarten options to all low-income Missouri children. The governor also proposed spending on school safety, raising pay for state employees, teachers, and daycare workers, and investing over $800 million on Interstate 70 expansion. Michael?
0: Well, closer to home, what county services would you cut?
1: That may be a question coming your way from St. Louis County elected officials. County Executive Sam Page says they have a budget deficit. There are some things that, uh, as we move forward, will be obvious that we won't be able to cut. I mean, we need to provide public safety in our community, but we'll be looking very closely at how we do that and whether or not there's a way to do it more efficiently. We'll be looking at all the services we provide. He's asking county council members to speak to citizens in their districts and will start budget meetings this month instead of the end of the year. He says some of the RAM settlement money could be used to shore up the budget, but that's only one-time money. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News.
0: Mayor Tashara Jones is concerned about St. Louis City sitting on ARPA funds.
1: We have to appropriate the money by 2024 and spend it by 2026.
0: Although she's concerned the new Congress could reevaluate spending and even move up those deadlines, leaving the city in a position to lose unspent dollars.
1: You know, they're going to be looking to cut wherever they can, and ARPA money may be on the table if the city does not uh, appropriate all of those funds and get those funds out in the community.
0: Jones also notes to KMOX's Dave Glover show that federal relief dollars are one time and cannot be used for instance to give employees a pay raise. A state lawmaker from St. Clair County, Illinois is questioning why Governor Pritzker never delivered millions of dollars in grant money he promised last summer for a town that needs new sewer pipes to prevent flooding. State Representative Kevin Schmidt of Millstadt says Pritzker came to town in August while he was campaigning for re-election. The governor did promise uh, back on his campaign trail in August that he would be giving uh, close to 10 million to help uh, resolve this problem. And none of that funding has come through. And the KMOX audio from August. The next $9.9 million of that funding made possible by our Rebuild Illinois Infrastructure Program is being delivered today. Governor Pritzker's office released a statement saying the announcement that funding was released was just the first step of a process that involves reviewing grant applications. Will there be a challenger for President Joe Biden from his own party in 2024? Governor J.B. Pritzker told CNN, not him. I fully intend to serve out uh, four years as governor of Illinois, and I intend to support the pre- president in his re-election bid he said he's running. I hope that we'll have a convention in the city of Chicago in order to celebrate that and to nominate him and put him forward for re-election and he will get re-elected in 24. Illinois' new ban on the sale of assault weapons is heating up in court. Terry Keschner has the latest. The federal lawsuit has been filed by several organizations including the Illinois State Rifle Association and the Second Amendment Foundation. The lawsuit calls the ban unconstitutional and says it criminalizes an Important means of self defense. Another lawsuit this week was filed out of Effingham County that represents people from 87 counties. Former Illinois Attorney General candidate Thomas DeVore is representing Effingham based accuracy firearms llc in that suit following an emergency hearing in that suit today a judge was expected to enter a ruling by friday afternoon there'll be gunfire in sugar creek park in de pair starting today professional hunters are calling the deer herd but nearby residents are concerned about stray bullets city manager douglas harms tells fox 2 it's necessary we're getting the complaints that everybody else in west county is getting about deer car collisions about dead deer along the side of the road he reassured concerned residents the hunting company has a perfect safety record and fires downward from platforms to prevent stray bullets. Sugar Creek Park will remain closed through February 1st for the hunt. The KMOX Business Desk, the next COVID variant you'll hear about is called the Kraken.
1: Every, every variant that's come along or subvariant that's come along has been better at transmission than the previous one. Nathan Kafarnas with the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. He says 70% of cases in the Northeast are XBB.185, commonly called the Kraken. Only four percent here in Missouri are the new strain. Kraken is a subvariant of Omicron. And while they might be more transmissible, our bodies are also seeing more and more versions of COVID, and should hopefully be a little better at, at fighting it off. I don't, I don't personally believe there's there's anybody at this point, hardly um, in the United States that hasn't either been infected uh, or vaccinated at this point, or some combination. Um, it's just been too ubiquitous for too many years. Megan Lynch, KMOX News. It is an honor to join, be joined by the first lady as I stand before you again today as the 57th governor of the great state of Missouri.
0: Well, the news continues on Total Information PM, Governor Mike Parsons, State of the State Address. He covered a lot of ground on state spending with no time on hot-button social issues. Instead, he spoke about higher pay for teachers, education opportunities, and daycare and preschool expansions, along with transportation projects.
1: Our investments in infrastructure are making a real difference for Missourians in our state. And one project in particular we want to highlight is the I-270 North Project in St. Louis. One of the largest investments ever in our state's history. This project not only represents stronger infrastructure, it demonstrates the opportunities that these projects can bring to hard-working Missourians. Involved with the I-270 project is Project PAVE, a STEM program that works to mentor, teach, and support students in North St. Louis County high schools. These students get to pursue interest in highway design, engineering, and construction. And here with us today is Christian Malloy. Christian was an intern with Project PAVE and secured full-time employment with Millstone Weber as an IT technician directly out of high school. And that is exactly what we were trying to achieve. Would you please welcome to the chamber Christian and his fellow Project PAVE students in the upper chamber. While we might have thought we were just putting asphalt on roads or steel over waterways, what we're really doing is supporting the future. These investments create real jobs and provide real careers to support real families and real futures. And we are not done yet. For years, congestion, Traffic accidents and delays have become a serious issue for commuters on I-70. Not only are we concerned for the motor safety, these inefficiencies are costly to our state's economy, and we must invest to improve I-70. For those who say we can't afford it, I say we cannot afford not to. This year, we're This year, we are requesting $859 million, the largest investment in decades, to widen and rebuild I-70 corridor and take the first steps in adding a third lane across our state.
0: That's a big deal. It's gotten lots of attention, but Governor Parson also focused on St. Louis as he spoke about school safety.
1: This past year... We saw violence and shootings plague schools and communities across the nation. And sadly, our state was no exception. The events that unfolded at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School just a few months ago were nothing short of tragedy. As friends and families mourn, a community grieve, and a school tries to continue on without a valued and beloved teacher and student, We must commit ourselves to ensuring our schools are safe. While we will never understand or control the violence of these deranged individuals, we can look to the school safety officers and law enforcement who got it right that day. They were prepared, they had a plan, they saved lives, and they prevented a tragic situation from becoming even worse. We want to ensure that preparedness and response can be repeated across our state, if the unthinkable ever occurs again. That's why this year, we're proposing $50 million for school safety grants to further protect our children and our schools.
0: Governor Parson concluded his State of the State address by bringing out children to the floor of the House chamber, telling their names and hometowns and what they want to be when they grow up. He highlighted them as the focus of the American dream. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?